Hello and uh, welcome to another episode of the Ghost Squared podcast. Uh, I'm James, your host, and today I am joined by Adam from Pusher. Hi, Adam. How are you doing? Hi, James. I'm good, thank you. Great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being a, another guest. I'm really thrilled. Um, I thought it'd be good to kick off with just Adam talk us through who you are and and what what you're doing at Pusher and and also maybe a bit about Pusher too. That would be great. Okay, great. So I am the VP of Sales at Pusher. I look after both the sales and the CS org um, within the company. Pusher is a set of hosted APIs that allow developers across the world to easily add real-time features to their applications. Cool, awesome. That was very slick. You can tell you can <laughs> tell you own the sales Don't side of things. <laughs> um, awesome. So, how yeah? How did you get into um, like how did you get into the world of of Pusher and like selling essentially APIs? Like, what was the journey? Um, for you so technology has always been probably one of my biggest passions um, yeah. alongside a few other things um, my first job out of university was tech and then it, it was always the thing I wanted to be in um, but my most recent thing before Pusher we had a small company up in Manchester we sold that and then I wanted to move down to London and go full-time here I looked for great companies who were doing developer tools in London and there wasn't too many great ones I found Pusher, and it was kind of we went forward from there, really. Amazing, amazing. So, so you've been at Pusher for a few years now. Yeah, right? coming up to three years in a few months. Yeah, amazing. It's flew by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really has. <laughs> so, how's how's Pusher changed in that time? Out of interest, because I I've known Pusher for a while, and you know it's all about sort of web sockets and real time tech, and now now you're sort of taking over the the dev landscape right you've got a lot of a lot more you've got multiple products now it's been a big yeah absolutely there's been there's been a multiple phases since i've been there i joined when we was around 15 uh within two and a half years we're now at about 60 amazing and then going into this year we're looking to double headcount again so wow. the growth has been really exciting That's phenomenal yeah it has it's been it's been a crazy ride really yeah. and obviously within that you have the pain points of growing <laughs> not just vertically but horizontally as yeah. well kind of um, learning how to look after more people, yeah. putting great growth development plans, make sure everyone's getting what they need, the right management levels. Sure. Um, and then obviously look, the number one concern is looking after your customers when you're scaling so quickly. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's been a bunch of challenges. Um, the exciting thing has been a new product. So yeah, WebSocket six years ago wasn't as an accepted technology right, it was also yeah. a much more difficult technology um but now the majority of browsers and um languages support websockets so it puts in a really exciting position to support thousands of developers across the world um, yeah. to scale their applications with real-time features it's, yeah uh, it's a really cool thing to be a part of yeah no absolutely so i i guess one of the really one of the reasons i really wanted to get you on the show was was to talk a bit about that because i think you know um you know, Push is a very developer-focused company and you guys obsess over developers and a lot of the team is developers. Yeah. And then we've got Adam here running a sales team and, like, those two concepts kind of often are, like, totally clash Correct. with each yes, other, right? Can do for sure. <laughs> so, like, how how does sales look at, at Pusher and, like, like how, like, yeah, just yeah, <laughs> how absolutely. does that happen? I mean, there's a couple of things we can go into. One, yeah. like you said, Pusher is undoubtedly an engineering-led company. Um, so to introduce me, who was the first sales hire at the company, yeah, the I enemy. think every yeah the enemy <laughs> exactly like we hate being sold to. Um, but it's very much about 
showing the team that were not traditional salespeople. And I think sales right. in general has moved away from t- traditional pushy, yeah. negative salespeople just trying to hit a target for themselves. <laughs> and especially when folks the Wolf of Wall Street yeah, style, exactly, uh, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, Pusher is absolutely very much focused on selling to developers and selling to developers is very much different than selling to your marketeers or right. things like that. So it's very much about education, hand-holding, solution selling, yeah. um, and not just pushing your product in where it doesn't fit. If it's not the yeah. right fit, it's not the right fit. And developers are super savvy, smartest people in the world. So <laughs> who am I to try and pull a blanket over yeah. their head kind of thing? So. Yeah, the big thing when coming to Pusher was how to align two cultures. So we had Pusher's culture, which is massive. It's something we focus on making it the best workplace in the world to work on. It's one of yeah. Max, our CEO's um, biggest focuses, to make people enjoy work or right. ensure people enjoy yeah. work. You, you make will enjoy work. enjoy it now. <laughs> um, and secondly was for me to introduce a sales culture, but in a positive way. Um, and that was very much myself spending time with the engineers personally, them teaching me about pusher, why they would use pusher, how they would use pusher. Yeah. Um, and I think that help does go a long way. And as we've scaled the team out, um, we hire quite technical product focused salespeople. Right, um, right, yeah. So again, it's help fitting because we all, we all work hard together, but we all have a general interest in providing the best product and service to our customers. So having the support of each department all mm. working together, it really helps create like a unison of culture, which is yeah. which has been really nice for us. No, ab- absolutely. That that's really yeah. So that's really interesting to hear. So that, so you've been accepted now in the. I mean, uh... <laughs> accepted is a loose word, being from the north in London, but um, they they somewhat accept me. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure, absolutely. <laughs> it's the best is gonna get. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, a lot of people. Um, you know, you hear a lot of companies saying we we don't have any sales people, we don't have a sales yeah. team at all. I think uh, maybe people like Twilio and, and stuff say so they don't have any salespeople, but often I think they really do. Oh, and yeah. It's actually just a different name. What what does the organization look like um, on the sales side, and mm-hmm. like what you know is there sort of customer success as well, and how how does it all fit together, and like how many people are sort of specifically in the sales side of things? Yeah, absolutely. So we have tried. A couple of different models yeah um and something a lot of people don't admit is failing we don't read a lot of podcasts <laughs> listen to a lot of podcasts or yeah. read a lot of blog posts on failing and yeah. in things we do it's always how well we did yeah but we went for the traditional model when i first joined of hiring an sdr they qualify the leads then they pass a hot lead to an account executive right. then the account executive is the closer who goes and closes the deal like the and predictable exactly uh, revenue yeah exactly that and then yeah. once it's closed you pass it on to cs who then look after the customer nurture them and ensure they're using yeah. the product correctly and, and hopefully upsell cross sell and what have you moving yeah. forward but at pusher and selling to developers we found that to be a little bit of the wrong way around um, a lot of yeah. our hard work and relationship building and trust is in those early conversations right. with our buyers with our ctos with our developers with our engineers um, so once we've built that that work and that trust with that person or multiple people within the organization to then pass it off to the next person it almost didn't make sense for us so yeah. we we pivoted to a 360 model which is oh that sounds that already sounds impressive i know right <laughs> well it's so simple so if you sign close an account you own the account so okay. we have in effect a, a hybrid of cs and account executives so interesting okay. um our team are titled 
customer success. Yeah. So we yeah. don't actually have AEs or SDRs. Yeah. Um, we're very fortunate because all of our business comes from organic inbound sign-ups. Oh, wow, okay. We don't focus a lot on outbound, but we can come back to that. Yeah, sure. Um, so the guys close the leads, and then they manage and nurture the account and continue to grow it. So they have a batch of MRR that their job is to make it increase month on yeah, month yeah. in line with the business goals. Um, and that's worked really well for us, and we're continuing on that on that track going into 2018. Inter- that's that's really interesting. Was was that out of interest? Was that sort of inspired by anyone else, or did, was that sort of something you guys came up with internally? Or? No, it was kind of internal to be honest. Because again, from from the work with the SDI, I worked very close with our first um, two SDRs, and then they were passing me a lot of the leads to try and close. Yeah, and it just felt like a wasted opportunity and wasted time in the handover. But they wasn't necessarily qualified to take it right through at the point. Yeah. So I kind of just stepped in and tried this model personally, like hands-on myself, yeah. to see if it would work. And it just seemed to be much more successful for us. Um, yeah. And the customers seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, because I've, I've heard a lot of people talking about the challenges of that predictable revenue model. And, and that handover point does seem to be like a really, like a massive pl- problem area for people, right? Definitely. And I think the bigger you get, the more difficult it becomes. Um, yeah. High attrition rates are harder at keeping people, keeping staff, so accounts get passed along a lot more. So it's different both at AEs, SDR and CS people. Um, yeah. So people get a lot of people passing them back and forth in effect when yeah. people move on our customers move. So I think it's important to provide focus um, and let your customer know who the go-to person is, who the go-to person will always be, and they're not going to be passed back and forth. Absolutely. No, no, it makes a lot of sense. Like, I guess there's part of me is wondering, or like maybe listeners are wondering, like, does that make it harder to hire people? Because I guess you need that broader range of skills then right like you're really looking for the dare i say it, unicorns and <laughs> i mean absolutely and i have a wry smile on my face that people can't see because hiring i have an amazing team we have an amazing team mm. right now we have currently eight salespeople who we call customer success and yeah. we're looking to double that and each new hire becomes harder and harder because we do have technical product focused sales yeah. team yeah. um because we know that that model fits with our customer base um but it's very much for we as a business to be able to upskill people to get them to where we need to be because you can obviously handpick the best of the best and please if someone can line me up technical salespeople <laughs> around the street I'll, yeah. I'll come queuing up too but um it, it's a tough hire but we know what profile fits for us and we're getting much better at, at training and developing people into what we need than to be most importantly to provide the customers what they need yeah no that's uh, amazing yeah no, it sounds it sounds like the dream right <laughs> I mean, yeah for sure when it works <laughs> yeah. when it works so how if you've got like eight people is there any sort of division between what their responsibilities are do some people take sort of the higher value and some lower or currently no we kind of give them a large batch of mrr to manage yeah and we just split it between plan level okay effect. so right. we have four off-the-shelf plans yeah. And we gave them like a mix of enterprise, custom, premium oh, okay. business plans. So what each each person has a mix of Yeah, those. exactly that. Um, okay, yeah. Kind of in a way because we gradually hired the people as we went along and it was kind of out of fairness to give a nice batch of accounts. Yeah, but yeah. I do believe as we continue to scale going into this year and I would say mid-2018, we will start to segment a little bit more. Yeah. Um, we're looking to open an office in SF this year, which is oh, super exciting. Yes, yeah, so oh wow, that's just given us a whole other podcast. Well, uh... exactly right. So <laughs> welcome back. Um, but yeah, so it opens different challenges and avenues. But 
a lot of our customer base is in the US. Yeah. So it makes sense to have people on the ground so we can get in front of people. Definitely. Because um, it does just make a difference being able to be in the room with the person. That's actually, I mean, while we're on that point, actually, that is a really interesting thing I, I hadn't thought a huge amount about. But if a lot of your customers are in the US, like how how has it been selling to them in London? Like, do you have a load of people just hanging around in the office until 1am in the morning here? Or? I mean... <laughs> Yes, the, the sales team. No, <laughs> yeah. not allowed. And luckily, technology is amazing this, these days, as we know. And the world is made so small by technology. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the time the time difference can be can be tricky at times, yeah. especially on um, the west coast. Mm. We have to make times work for a lot of people, and it does mean late calls at times. Yeah. But it's what we need to do um, to provide the best support for those guys. Yeah, it's also crucial to get get out with your customers though the team are, are often tasked with going doing a week in the states and mm. having 10 15 meetings with some of our sure clients so we can really build a relationship grow it and ensure we're getting the feedback that we need because i think sometimes through the medium of technology mm. as our meetings we don't always get the full service that we could provide yeah no t totally nothing beats that nothing face-to-face in-person chat right 100 yeah. percent. yeah i mean we just visited the east coast and spent a lot of time with the new york times oh amazing so we supported them over the election period like two million concurrent connections when wow. trump was elected obviously <laughs> the states was rocketing through the system yeah. and, and we were super proud to support them but we went out there and we just wanted to ensure that they were happy with how the platform yeah. performed is to something that didn't happen for them and yeah. what could we do better um and out of that conversation we have a lot of exciting projects moving forward to continue to that's, support them that's amazing yeah. out of interest how to jump on that specific example how did the new york times come about was that another inbound thing i or? mean yeah we've been supporting them for over four years now um it started with a little project i think it was the world cup way back when uh, to show <laughs> the world cup, cup. i yeah. think so yeah you know um <laughs> So we supported them, and then as we built a relationship, they entrusted the platform with more and more and yeah. added new features. And the election stuff's just amazing that, that they yeah, do. I mean, that's... I urge anyone to check it out. Any kind of election that's going on, check the New York Times, and it's the forefront of all digital yeah. media. It's amazing. The, the amount of data visualization stuff they do is mind-blowing. Right? Yeah, and it's exciting, and yeah. we're just so proud to uh, support that totally. yeah, the pressure on you guys let's I mean, see. <laughs> not me yes. <laughs> our amazing engineers for sure. engineers. Yeah. They, <laughs> they know what's going on <laughs> um i guess um one of the things that also interests me here you mentioned how like everything's inbound like how like how much do you collaborate with um like is there a marketing function in pusher like and if so how do you collaborate with them and and connect with them like is is that there's so there's no outbound and and basically everything's on the, the inbound side like it'd be good to hear a bit more about how that how that actually works yeah absolutely so traditionally we have always put a lot of content out um mm. a lot of blog posts how to's on the pusher platform with different languages cool use cases and we used to do a lot of events as well to right, yeah. to get the brand out there, which really helped us in the early days. Yeah, like, I've seen we always so had cool many swag, people right? with those yeah. t-shirts, and uh, it's so cool. You, like you people see... get stopped in the parking. Like, <laughs> yeah, is that our t-shirt? Yeah, it's so nice. It, it's such a nice feeling to yeah. see someone representing your company in public, and you've not made them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> They're doing it by choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah the uh, was it the what the hack? What the hack ones also? Yeah, classic, um, right? that Lauren designed. Our designer. It's so cool, and that's one the most popular ones and you just see that dotted around london it's been yeah. super cool but in terms of working with marketing 
We, yeah, we share ideas. We think about content that's current and that could help us get leads. But the f- the function works independently fantastically. They they put all our content out. They work the engineering team to ensure it's on point and accurate. Yeah. Um, and we just continue to deliver content. Yeah. And and obviously all things like SEO and searches. We were quite high on web sockets and nice. time features yeah. and things, yeah. which helps. So the team does a great job, and we kind of feed back and forth what we think could be helpful. Yeah. So. We're continuing to build that relationship because, again, in terms of a commercial department, we're still within our infancy. It's kind of been two years or two and a half years collaborating together, so we're still learning and we'll continue yeah. to do so. That so so is there any sort of um, targeting for marketing versus sales? Like, is is marketing targeting on like a certain number? Of, I, we don't need to get specific no, numbers, yeah, yeah. but like, does marketing just? do as much as you can and we'll take it or is it like you got to hit these this number of leads yeah, or? I mean, we're in a metrics driven world right? yeah we, we live within data as, as i'm sure you will right <laughs> you know one well, or two things year. about data um, but yeah so yeah we have targets sign-ups acquisition conversion things like that yeah um enterprise leads coming into us guys so we have different metrics that we abide to yeah um, is, is that ever a like a point of contention like is there ever a sort of um, you know, you you hear a lot of uh, frustration of like marketing teams feeling like sales aren't closing those leads and sales teams feeling like they're not getting good enough leads. Like, d- has there ever been any frustration around that or anything structurally you guys have done to So we've been incredibly fortunate that we've not necessarily had a downturn where we yeah, might, yeah. each department might want to point fingers and blame one another. Yeah. Um, I would hope it wouldn't happen anyway, but... <laughs> That is very. Don't know what they're saying about you right now in the office. I mean, tell me about (laughs) it. But that is the very much stereotypical idea of marketing versus sales, and it does happen. It does get negative. Mm. Um, Hopefully, we won't get there. But it's been very positive to us. Like our sign-ups continue to go up. Our numbers continue to go up. Um, So until something drastic happens, I guess that may be though an example of you know strategically for you guys that's worked well in that you know it, it depends how much you know i talked to some companies and like they've got incredibly strict targets for lead generation it's like we've got two days left to get this many leads whatever we can do we've got to hit that number and you end up getting loads of shoddy leads and it sounds like that might not be the case right pusher so it's more of a maybe sort of slightly longer term thinking and and adding a bit of common sense in there it's not about this quarter it's about the next three quarters right right. short-term planning is almost death for long-term gain yeah Um, yeah i just that's a great quote that's that's (laughs) profound i think i stole it from somewhere but it's very (laughs) much i just read jeff bezos saying like these Uh numbers are done i'm working on 2010's numbers i mean 2020 (laughs) it's crazy so it very much is and that's a different animal in itself but we do we do work towards long-term strategy at pusher with short-term initiatives obviously to get us there um but there's never with 2,000 sign-ups off our mm. target, make sure you get them at any yeah. cost. We just keep on a steady track, sure. making sure we hit the goals, and we're not going to dampen quality based on targets, in effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that, that makes a lot of sense. Sounds very sensible. Um, I, I guess another side of the things that I'm also interested in is, like, how does... how it, it, You know, you were mentioning how it's a very engineering-led uh, organization, and 
how does sales collaborate with engineering does sales have a big input on what's getting built and like is there yeah i'd I'd love to hear a bit more about that process too yeah absolutely so it was kind of the missing piece at pusher when we didn't have a sales team so we had a marketing team we had the engineering team and we had a lot of self-service plans with some people getting their hands in bigger deals (laughs) um the the true startup way yeah yeah um (laughs) just do whatever you can exactly (laughs) just get the money but now it's very much we have every account managed focused a relationship built mm-hmm. and we're beginning to what we like to say is close the loop so um we have the investment in a product we get feedback and we put that back in right back yeah. into the loop and, and keep bringing out new features and new ideas to keep giving back to the customers products that they want so now mm-hmm. we do have people on the ground we have product managers which is uh, <laughs> one of the most exciting what? exactly <laughs> one of the most exciting hires we made we now have four of them um, it really changes the dynamic of what we do. So we have a nice circle going on there between the engineering team, the PMs, and yeah. the CSMs as well. Amazing. Like how, I mean, sorry if this is a, a little too no, producty, but um, one of the things I often hear from people like the, where they're unsure of what to do is, you know, they'll, they'll have like a New York Times style client, mm-hmm. like big name, mm-hmm. and they're like, we'll sign up tomorrow if you build this one thing. If you can have that feature, we need it. We need it now. We'll, we'll pay you whatever it takes. Uh-huh. How how do you deal with that scenario? Like, is it sales going ordering the engineers around, or is it sales finding a nice way to get around that? Like, I mean, we're in a super fortunate position at Pusher that our main API, the Channels API, is mm. super customizable. So oh, the majority right. of use cases required, yeah, can be done with that api nice, okay. but there's always little things that people want right so and there's kind of an, an order of service to it so if someone makes a recommendation we take it back to the board the pms look at it mm. the engineering team looking at it, and commercially we think does this benefit one customer for x or does right. this benefit two thousand customers yeah, for y yeah. and that's how we kind of make the decisions we have a trello board like the rest of the world um we vote on it <laughs> we look at it we analyze it we argue it yeah and then we come out with a roadmap and then uh, yeah, we look we look to execute on that. No, that makes a lot of sense. But so, would, one thing I would say yeah, is, yeah. especially as a startup, you definitely can't say yes to everything. Absolutely. Some deals are very exciting, and believe me, I've said <laughs> I've been told that I've got to say no to a couple <laughs> in my day, and it, it absolutely kills you, especially as a yeah. sales rep. But as a CEO or anything, it's hard yeah. to say no. But saying no can sometimes save you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure you've experienced it yourself, and. Yeah, we've had to do it a couple of times, but it's no doubt for the benefit of the business long term. Yeah, very true. I I think yeah, for us at, at Go Square, that's often been one of, one of the really tough things to do. But it's sort of similar to you guys, like having having th- things like a really flexible mm-hmm. API can really help with that because you can almost push it back onto the customer and say, if you really want this, you can find ways of doing exactly. it. Exactly. And you know, if you can commit some dev time. You know, there's ways of getting around it without having to build that specific. No one wants that like whole entire GitHub repo no. for that one customer <laughs> exactly. hanging around. <laughs> yeah, becomes your legacy problem. For yeah, sure. yeah. Um, absolutely. And again, I think that comes back down to having really great salespeople. Yeah, uh, and not just your stereotypical transactional salespeople who just in, close, and out to get the yeah. commission. It's kind of what does the customer need? What are they most importantly trying to achieve? And how can they do it with the current product? If they can't, maybe they can. Or maybe we can find ways to support their business goals mm. with this API. Got it, got it. Yeah. 
that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm just thinking of a few other things that we could we could chat about here, Adam. One of the one of the things I had down um, because I know a lot of a lot of people listening to this will be, you know, maybe they don't have anyone in sales yet, and um, thinking about their first sales hire, and you know, especially product people like myself. I'm a more of a product person than anything. I think that's pretty clear. No. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, like, do you have any thoughts on? you know when when you especially in a in the software world what to look for in that first sales hire absolutely i do and i think like you just said it's quite common with engineering led companies mm. product led companies that sales is the afterthought or the right. feared the yeah. feared thing um <laughs> and there is a i would say there is a certain hire that can be great for the first hire vertical dependent obviously but i like to think it would be someone who's been relatively successful in a previous sales role and is ready to step up to maybe do a little bit more because yeah. this new person who's coming into a startup, maybe from a bigger court position previously yeah. or another successful startup, and they're looking for opportunities to grow. You want someone who is ambitious, mm. driven, knows processes, and wants yeah. to make an impact on the way your sales happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they really want to, they're not scared of getting their hands up dirty <laughs> and getting in there with the customers and also yeah. learning from the people who've been selling the product previously in a company. So it's someone with, a healthy ego in check um, <laughs> who can very much speak to the product people speak to the engineers and really take everything in and make the best of what the product is yeah and my biggest thing would be for people who fear sales or don't know when the right point to hire your first salesperson is i think there's two things there's one product market fit which is mm -hmm. the thing we all love and hold to gain <laughs> and then yeah. second you get a little bit of traction and once you've got a little bit of traction for me there's no reason not to have a sales team yeah at least yeah. one person yeah for twofold you don't hire someone to do product who can't do product <laughs> so why are you going to try and do sales when there's people out there who specialize yeah. in sales and that could just be from how to handle leads how to follow up processes we do things differently. Salespeople yeah. do things differently just by nature, by nurture, a yeah. mixture of both. Um, and I think get specialists to do mm -hmm. what they do best. And Got in it. sales, I feel like it's one of, one of the biggest ones. Totally, totally. On that, on that, I, th I think that's some fantastic advice. I mean, I wish I'd done this podcast a few years ago, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, wh what do you say to the sort of hire two salespeople, hire three salespeople, pit them off each other? Like, is that is that something you would say? I mean, have you done that at Pusher? Or, um, like, would you yeah, do that? so I wouldn't say pit them off against each other. That's quite doggy <laughs> yeah. dog well, but I mean, it is sales, so I can take yeah. some of those analogies. Um, but yeah, I think the great thing about hiring two people is they learn together. Yeah. They have different ways of doing things, which is super important because no one way is ever the right way. And a lot of people have different ideas of how to go about it. So yeah. I love hiring twos for sure, especially yeah. for your first hire because <laughs> I just think it's a better way to go about it. Sure, um, sure. As long as you believe you've got the breadth of leads and opportunities right, yeah. to support both because you don't want hungry salespeople unless yeah. you're going to focus on a big outbound effort and then you hire people who are great at that so got it there's a mix of of styles but you can definitely get it right but i would always do two if you can afford to of course because yeah, in yeah. this in this game it's yeah. not always that easy it's either <laughs> another month of runway or a hire, yeah. you never know so that's no no that's really handy handy to hear uh um, um i guess I don't know, is there any other any other advice you'd like to give or any any advice you've been given uh along the way that you've found really helpful i, I mean you've already 
She had a lot of advice there, Adam. I mean, a lot is a strong word. Yeah. No, no, um, <laughs> I'll forgive you. There's if you a don't few have things, it. and I think, again, a fear for companies, people when hiring salespeople is mm. the commission side of things. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like, what do we do? What should we pay? Yeah. Is it right? Is it wrong? And I always think the best advice I was ever taught from the first sales direct who took me under their wing was every commission scheme should be incentivized behavioral led for what the business needs to get right so if you're looking to close 10 enterprise deals just incentivize it towards that but if you're looking to get 20 signups per day on the platform yeah incentivize on that heavily um mm-hmm. not just a flat 10 percent on anything or a flat 20 percent on a big deal and don't be scared to change it you can change your commission scheme every two quarters yeah. if the business needs and goals change it just needs to be right for the business to align with their needs and also to drive the salesperson to do the best for the business. That makes a lot of sense. That is fantastic advice to round off on, I think, Adam. Thank you so much for for being a guest. You've shared a lot of wisdom with us uh, today. I really appreciate it. Um, Adam, where can people find you? Where can people find Pusher? Pusher.com, nice and simple. That is a nice domain. Um, Also, (laughs) at Pusher on Twitter, so... We're lucky enough to have yeah. those two handles. <laughs> Nailed um, it. Myself is just Adam Cavana one um, That's on Twitter. But, Great. Yeah. Awesome. Adam, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening along. Um, we hope you enjoyed this show. Uh, and we, we we have many more on the way, I promise you. Um, you can follow along with Go Squared at Go Squared. Um, and again, yeah, email us if you have any feedback or want to hear more um we are hello at go on the emails um until next time thank you very much cheers